and welcome back into the Sports Lounge. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, you have your gracious host, me, myself, and I. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And of course, my lovely co-anchor, Austin. How you doing out there? I'm doing good, but stop, stop fucking with yourself. I cannot <laughs> do that. That is my thing. I like to talk to myself. Uh, I stand in a corner and look for Travis's belly button, uh, who is also on this podcast tonight. So welcome back. You had yourself a nice little vacation. How are you feeling about being back? Oh, I love it. I miss the beach. Don't miss my sand, my feet being burnt, but I, I miss being back. It was fun. It was fun. Okay. Glad That's to be good. here, though. Glad yeah, you missed some, some fantasy football-relevant stuff. You missed some just football stuff in general. Um, we, I mean, we had our, our own little draft um, over this weekend, which was extremely fun. Uh, and you know what? Someone drafted a player that... Um, is is now going to be out for a little bit. So I kind of want to hop right into Washington uh, and the news that popped out there. Brian Robinson um, getting shot. I mean, that's the easiest way to put this. I mean, it was apparently in the leg. And fantasy-wise, that hurts him. Real life-wise, I'm glad he's okay. Um, but you know this is going to mentally mess with him. And physically, because, you know, a gunshot wound was Plaxico Burroughs when he shot himself in the leg ever really the same after. Right. So when it comes to these types of things, I got to say it's going to have big implications. So what are your guys' um, first first initial thoughts of the situation? I mean, so it's definitely unfortunate because he was coming off a strong training camp and a strong preseason where it was looking like he's going to be eating into a lot of Antonio Gibson's role. You know, a lot of those those carries, possibly early on work, he's going to be taking away from him. So he he had a very bright outlook before this. I hope he comes back and you know, still can perform and still gets those chances for sure. Okay. I mean, he was doing great in preseason. I really he was. liked him coming out of Alabama. Um Granted, I did not draft him, but I also did not project this in the future either. So I don't think anybody did. No, I'm just happy that he's okay at first, first and foremost. You know, glad to hear that he's gonna be all right, non-life threatening. <laughs> exactly, that was probably the biggest thing to make sure of is like this is a, a young gentleman's both life and career that could possibly be altered forever just because of a like a carjacking. Like that's it's truly sad to to hear. I mean. Let, let's go to another ultimate Washington um, hero, Sean Taylor. He was just trying to protect his family. He heard some noise. Boom, boom. He's gone. His life is upended. He's Everything changed for him and his family and everything. So it, it just shows it can happen that quickly no matter who you are. And especially with, you know, these young rookies getting a real chance as – you know, especially if you came from a harder neighborhood where now you're going to be viewed as, oh, you have instant millionaire. You're not really because the contracts are for the whole season uh, and you don't get all a huge chunk all at once. So you might be, you know, targeted um, for your watch, for your car, for, uh, you know, the stuff you have uh, just because they think you made it out. So, right. you know, my advice to anyone out there is be safe never try to put yourself in too much danger and I, I i'm happy he's okay and i'm hoping uh they're saying i think like four weeks or so so i'm hoping we get to see him this season and he comes back and he looks healthy as ever oh agreed 100 percent. now i got obsessed with the sean taylor topic before we got on this podcast so if anyone is listening and can remember who adopted his kid um you know after his passing sean taylor's um and helped raise him. I believe it was another NFL player, but I can't remember the name for the life of me. And I tried searching it so I hard. Either. I cannot figure it out either for the life of me. So Sean Taylor. Well, I, guess died. Have, I guess you'll have to watch the Sean Taylor documentary. I was, I was going to mention that actually. And you know, it might've been the little clip that I saw was probably from that. I was going to say, I'll watch that. And it was probably amazing. Um, knowing just how amazing he was. And his little brother apparently is, uh, a pretty hard hitting ball hawk safety as well. So that's kind of awesome that the yeah, playing for, for rice. Yep. Yep. 
that's, that's one thing I looked at and noticed. So now we're going to actually dive into the fantasy aspects of the Brian Robinson incident. Um, you know, they were putting Gibson in the doghouse, this and that, all because of everything that's been going on. But now with this, what are your guys' thoughts on Gibson? Because, I mean, Travis, you had him first. You traded him to me. Uh, I got him in a hell of a deal. So now that this incident happened to Brian Robinson, you know he's going to be the starter for the first, you know, three or four weeks. So what are your now thoughts on Gibson? Gibson gets a couple few extra weeks to try to take his role back. If he can cut down on the turnovers throughout this time and be explosive, then when Robinson comes back, he might not have the same role he would have if this wouldn't have happened at first. I mean, I'm sure he's going to get the opportunity to see what he's still got, what he's got and to earn that spot back. But this is Gibson's chance to reclaim it unless he's comfortable doing with the new role that he was going to be given. But I like Gibson. He's not great between the tackles, but he's a, he's a great playmaker. He's lethal with the ball in his hands in the open field. And so I see why they have him on kick return and doing special team stuff now too. <laughs> I mean, if he scores a touchdown on kick return, guess what? That's still points for us in our league. Um, Austin, what are your thoughts now, you know, after the Brian Robinson incident? What are your thoughts on Gibson? Are you any more interested in trying to go for him in, like, maybe your work league or uh, even this league? And I mean, he interests me a little bit, but at the end of it, it really just depends on how he performs with, you know, Brian Robinson going to be out for at least probably four weeks or so. Or something like that. So as long as Gibson performs well, he'll be able to hold up Brian Robinson for, at the most, another year. Next year, when Brian Robinson's fully healthy, he's going to have at least a year of experience. He's going to be playing once he comes back, but to what extent really depends on how Gibson plays. So as long as Gibson plays well, he can probably hold him off for the year. And then next year will probably be Brian Robinson year. Okay. So you're thinking if he can come out, like Travis said, and, you know, capture this for the first uh, couple weeks, then it it might turn out well for him for the rest of the season. I hope it doesn't because that just makes Ben's team better. Yep, and that's exactly (laughs) what I want. That's actually what I don't want. (laughs) Well, I would really very much enjoy uh, taking a W. Um, So if you could just allow that to happen, it would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just going to depend on how well Brent um, and uh, Gibson plays. That's, yeah. It'll, I mean, he could, he could do a lot. It's just whether or not he will or won't uh, with that limited time and touches uh, and all that other good stuff. So, But if um, Brent Rapson comes back looking strong in those practices, then and the commanders are probably just going to give him those chances too early on. Yeah, they probably will, um, which doesn't scare me too much, thankfully. I mean, it, um, it should. No, because after an injury like that, you're not bouncing back to fully healthy for, for quite a while. I mean, we didn't think K-Makers would come back last year. That's, That's true. Medicine's gotten so much better. I don't even just I don't even know what to believe anymore or go off of. No one thought K-Makers was back in time for the playoffs. Yeah, he came back. And played decent for Terrence Achilles. So, yeah, you know what? You're you're 110 percent right on that end. So, um, I'm not saying Brent Robson is going to come back like that, but I mean it's definitely possible. How talented he is and how strong he was having, you know, training camp wise and preseason wise, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know what? I I kind of agree with you. It's all right. So, then being the Tony Gibson owner, what do you think? <laughs> it's so shitty to say what I want to say when it comes to this incident and what's happened. Obviously, I wish the absolute best for the young man, but I fucking love it for my fantasy football reasoning. <laughs> it's it's so shitty to say. Um, obviously, I would never condemn anything like that to happen to a person, but at the end of the day. I'm going to take it as it is. It's happened. 
I've got Gibson for at least four weeks being the workhorse because I'm not afraid of J.D. McKissick. He's another year older, another year slower, another year more washed up. So what I am looking to do is let Gibson, you know, climb the the ranks and show that he's still great uh, being the workhorse and out in open space for those first four weeks. Either hold on to it or preferably what I'm going to do is ship him off for a pretty penny uh, when it comes time. That, that's my ultimate plan and goal. And we'll so you're see. thinking after like week two, week three, you know, as long as he's doing well, you'll ship him off something like that. Or are you planning a little long term, more long term than that? Yeah. After week two or three, I'll probably ship him off. If I get a decent enough price, if I can get, let's say if I could turn him into, um, like, uh, a first to the Brian Robinson owner or yeah, I mean, could, even very well possibly be that yeah um so if there's like a couple firsts that i could nab for him or let's say trade him for um a more secure thing like take him package him to go grab like javante williams um or um see i have a lot of good running backs i mean if i could ideally take him a couple first rounds and flip him for like swift or mccaffrey um yeah, I'd, I'd be 110% trying to be doing that in the meantime. You think he gets swift with Gibson? Uh, Gibson and a little bit extra, yeah. If if he comes out and plays amazing those first, um, you know, three, four weeks, yeah. All I, right, I, so if he doesn't and, you know, Robinson comes back, are you going to try and ship him or are you just going to play the wait-and-see game? It'd have to be the wait-and-see game. Just It's tough because you're in the middle of what you want to be a championship run. Exactly. So, I mean, you could also just flip them for future picks next year, too, since you said that you'd be potentially going to a rebuild next year. So, Yep, and and that would be another thing. Let's say Best I start off the wait, season. Hope that he does really good the first two weeks. Put him on the trade block and see if anyone offers something to you so you can gauge interest from other people first. Exactly. Wait wait for someone else to be like, oh, yeah, I would love this, and be like, oh, sweet, thank you so much. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, I that's doubtful that that's what's going to happen, but, you know, a man can dream. You can't dream, wrong dream, but you can dream. Wow, that was <laughs> way deeper than I ever expected that to get. Uh, and second off, no, it can be as deep as I want it to be. My daddy said so. Okay, so <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just had to take it. That was that was good. Um, so for Gibson, I love it. I'm not gonna try to hold on to him for the full season. Uh, especially in a redraft, I'm going to try to flip him for an upgrade. So like take uh, Antonio Gibson and uh, a lower wide receiver and go to the guy who needs a running back and is kind of like sitting there going, well, I'm just middle of the pack to maybe grabbing Gibson uh, and redraft. And in Dynasty, really selling the, hey, he was the the workhorse beforehand. He's already reclaimed it. We're easily going to have this show and hope to goodness they forget about Brian Robinson Jr. and they take the bait, so that's that's Good my work. goals for that. Okay, so would you take like a turnovers. would you take like a CH for him, or you know, something like that range for running back placement wise, or like a Cam Akers? Uh, definitely a Cam Akers, but when we're I talking would, I, CEH, I'd I would have traded Cam no. Akers for Gibson right now. No, okay, so if you had Antonio Gibson and a second for Cam Akers, nope. Knowing that he's going to be the workhorse for at least four weeks. Nope. No. Would you take? What about like a Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders? I would. I would take Josh Jacobs for Gibson, and then I'd try to find the backup Zamir White somewhere and Mm -hmm. um, grab him as well, just to see whoever's going to be the best. I'm going to make you pay extra for Zamir's because it's you. (laughs) <laughs> you did go out and grab Zamir. You are correct for that. Um, oddly foul thing to do, considering I really love Zamir. But I thought I was going to have to trade into the third, into the second round to get him, and I didn't have to. I was happy about that. Well, yeah, I'm sure you were. I'm sure it played out just fine for you. 
Yeah, and Alec Pierce and Desmond Ritter. First three picks of the third round. Beautiful. I'll take it. <laughs> I bet. I can't blame me there. I think those are great value picks. There yeah, they're go. pretty good. They're pretty solid. I well, would say so. I think they were some of the better picks on here. While we're on the topic of quarterbacks, who do you think is going to start week one in Pittsburgh, boys? Oof. I'm feeling can't pick it. I mean. But I do like how Shane went out they, and got Kenny Pickett. Really I, I like how he went out and got Kenny Pickett and Mr. Trubisky just to, just I'm, to be I'm safe. I'm sure you are happy that he went and got Kenny Pickett because you're the beneficiary of that. Yeah, so what's your point? <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz, Chase Claypool, and a future first out of that. Like that yeah, future – uh, no, Brennan's first next year. Yeah, and he so was – Probably there. be another top five. Yeah, he was like, hey, should I take this? I don't really care for Chase Claypool. And I'm sitting there screaming him, yes, fucking take that. It's a hell of a goddamn deal. Yeah, that yeah that's pretty good. A no-brainer. Yeah, that's an instant. I was still undecided because I really like, like Chris Olave. And I, sure. I was almost was thinking like freaking George Pickens guy more there. I mean... I ended up with George Pickens, so I appreciate the fact that uh, you decided not to. It was yeah, helpful it, for me. It's fine. I'm okay with it. I mean, at the end of the day, you still came out pretty pretty decent. I um, mean, I turned four picks into six players, so I'll take it. Right. And a, first, and a future first. Can we talk about how I got Christian Watson at the 310? Yeah. It, that was another surprising thing that's happened. Um and I didn't expect to have happen. I mean, there's always surprises in the draft. So always, very true. Not very now, surprised. How long before you think Malik Willis is making starts in Tennessee over Tannehill? Or do you, next this year? Season or next year? Next year. Next I year. think it'll be next year. Wow, you're that high on him? I like Malik. I don't know. I mean, Malik looks good, but I think he's still a little bit of a raw of a quarterback talent. Mm-hmm. So I think so they're going to give Allen. him a – I mean, yeah, it took Josh Allen three years or whatever to break out. But... That's true. And funny enough, Travis, you're the one who called that and said, I'm just going to put him on the bench. No one's going to pay what I want for him. But watch, he'll be he'll be amazing. No, right. Travis, the worst trade I never did was Josh Allen for a third-round pick or second-round right. pick or whatever it was. It was rookie year. So, that was, yeah, sophomore year. It was sophomore the first year of sleeper. No, it was it was in Yahoo League, so yeah. Yeah, think was, about that. It was that year. I mean, it's him. it's all good. I ended up with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow at this point. So, and I got Joe Burrow for pretty freaking cheap <laughs> at this point. So, I can't really complain too much. I mean, you sure do love bringing that up, don't well, you? I- you just... Just really love saying that, huh? Saying what part? That I got Joe Burrow for a th- Joe Burrow and a third for Ronald Jones and a first. Yeah, I'll take that. And Patrick Mahomes and. Well, no, I'm just talking about the Joe Burrow trade. At that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, you are. Both... <laughs> you sneaky little bitch. Well, I do love bringing up the Patrick Mahomes trade because that was fun. It, it was very fun for you. I will give you that. Yeah, not so fun for some other people. So, but that's besides the point. Finally traded Lamar. I just can't believe I did that. But Thank you. yeah. I'll take yeah. that all day. I'll take I'll take some Lamar in here all day, baby. What's up? No, because now Lamar's gonna go for sixty points to beat me against you, and I'm kind of upset about that. You know what? That would be That's just fitting. my luck. That's just my luck on how that would play out. Let let's not lie, that'd be very fitting. It'd be hilarious, but also be kind well, of Well, something off. else that we're going to see happen, boys. So, given the situation in Miami, do we? Uh, yeah. Tua's got chance here to break out. He's got a good offense around him now. New coach, new everything. Fans don't like Tua. Don't think he's the answer. If Tua struggles, and given the fact that Skylar Thompson, whoa, boy, did you see what that he dude did? balled out? He looked real good. He. His first two preseason games combined had 121 rating, and then his third, 143. Um, 
complete stats for the preseason. Oh, what was it? I'm not sure off the top of my head, but my God. He actually he looked really good. And then you got Isaiah Likely, who also looked really good, but no one really thought that he would. He finished the preseason he did. 36 of 48 for 450 passing yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. That's about 75% completion percentage. Yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty good. Wow. I was going to take an injury. Dude, he was balling. Yeah. Good Lord. I didn't know he was that legit. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's not going to be starting this year. Probably no, I don't, next I don't, year either. Unless Tua just like completely underwhelms and the Dolphins are like end up like one and six to start and they just need to figure something out, That's he's not starting this year. Yeah, or they just throw, you know, do a little Ryan Fitzpatrick scenario and just throw him in. Like they did last year, I think it was. No, I have more faith in Tua with everything going on. We will see. We will see. We'll see. So, yeah, for, I mean, we got a little, little off because I never even got to give my thoughts about, you know, Kenny Pickett and uh, Trubisky, but that's that's fine. I'm gonna fine. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I want you to just give me your opinions on that. Actually, Mason Rudolph all day. Oh my! He's gonna (laughs) (laughs) No, he's actually Gardner trade uh, interest, which tells me that Pittsburgh might actually feel comfortable enough with you know Trubisky and um, Kenny Pickett to to Gardner actually trading him. But I think by the end of the season, it'll be Kenny Pickett starting the first, probably, I'll give it five weeks. And then, you know, Trubisky for the first five and then over to Kenny Pickett. But what would we, like, expect to see um, out of him? And do we think any other rookie quarterback could by chance be, you know, starting before Kenny Pickett? The only one I could see possibly starting before Kenny Pickett from just a playing standpoint, not not bringing potential injuries into here. Um, you better I think say Desmond right Ritter. Here. I think Desmond Ritter could because I don't. It, it's all going to come down to if Mariota protect the ball and not turn the ball over and be smart with his decision making. Because if Mariota struggles, why not? And then if Carson Wentz gets hurt, I won't be surprised if Sam Howell plays. Obviously. Mm. But I don't think Sam Howell's going to just straight beat Carson out of his spot at all. If Carson stays no, probably not, young, not least not this year. Maybe not, next year, but not this year. Right. Um, hmm. What? I was actually going to go Malik Willis. I think Tannehill's the easiest I, I, one to... I think he could, too, just because I, I don't think Tennessee's going to be as good as they have been for the past like five, six years. Right, so I mean, pretty quick, easy, boop, bada bink. Malik uh, I, I think, and the dude I think looks be, great. Outside Kenny Pickett, it's probably just gonna be Desmond Render, honestly. I think. So you're going him, Desmond Render, all day. I have more faith in Tannehill than I do in Mariota. Hmm. Personally, I mean, Mar- Tannehill's played fine over the course of his Tennessee career so i'm not too worried about him losing his starting job this year to malik willis yeah i I don't blame you honestly especially with everything that's gone on and happened out there it's it's very clearly Tannehill's job he he has done absolutely it's his job to lose right he's done absolutely nothing to prove otherwise so no i i kind of agree with you but i think he also has the best shot to get in there um and just show that athletic ability if Mike Grable would stop being a little B-I-T-C-H and actually play him. Okay. Choose your big boy words. Mike Vabral's a bitch. Straight up, he a bitch. He's not giving uh, my boy the opportunity, which is no, some you know, bullshit. I hate the Philadelphia, Philadelphia organization for, I mean, obviously Miles Sanders hasn't stayed all the way healthy on his end, but at the same time, when he was staying healthy for big chunks, he wasn't given the correct opportunity, I don't think. Not at yeah. all. I hate that, because he's so talented. Dude, Miles Sanders, incredibly talented. 
but was constantly fucked by Doug Peterson. That and that's what makes me a little nervous with Doug Peterson now being over at Philadelphia, just because Jacksonville. All right, yeah. What did I say? Silly me. Philly. Yeah, I said Philly. Leaving Philly to go to Jacksonville. That's what I I meant. And Travis Etney, um, you know, having them kind of be in the way now in, you know, that that sort of term, I, I guess, and possibly messing up his career, which would absolutely destroy me because he's such a good young player. But Oh, 100% he is. If that's what they do, guess what? Not much we can do about that. So Yeah, so, I mean, 2023, Ryan Tannehill has a salary of $27 million, So I don't know even if Malik Willis will be the starter wow. there. Because in, the, in 2023, base salary $27 million, bonus of 9.6. And if they cut him, he has a dead money cap of $18.8 million, but a cap savings of 17.8. Okay, I did not realize it was such a high. Right. But 2024 no. drops down to the dead money count drops down to 9.2, but the base salary is a void. So that's when they'd be able to cut him or trade him. I mean, it might be even trade him next year, this up, this coming up offseason to possibly a quarterback needy team. Like maybe Seattle. Know for a year or two, but even as but I, I probably think Seattle would draft a quarterback with this coming up quarterback class, which is apparently supposed to be pretty deep. That I mean, this quarterback class coming up excites me personally. Maybe, um, uh, but there's some teams I could see trading for Rand Tannehill for you know to be. A, I don't I don't know if he could be a starter really on any other team. Especially with this quarterback class coming up, like the teams I would see that would draft a quarterback would be like possibly the Texans with how Davis Mills does, maybe Daniel Jones and the Giants, maybe probably Seattle most likely, maybe even the Lions in depending on how Jared Goff does, right? Possibly the Panthers with how that situation goes, maybe the Saints. You think the Saints would give up on Winston that quickly? Well, it really just depends on how how it goes, you know, like how Winston plays. I think Winston will play just fine. (laughs) Winston's um, one of the ones that I have like a a soft spot for only because he ate those W's and all those (laughs) L's. (laughs) That poor man was out there struggle blessing it. Maybe the Bucks. If Tom Brady retires again, because I don't know how much, it doesn't really seem like they really love Kyle Trask that much. No, they do not. No, at least it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, they, I mean, they, he, and he doesn't really, he hasn't really played exceptionally well in the preseason either. Yeah, they've basically done everything in their power to tell him we're not interested in you, aka Kyle Trask. That is so right. I mean. So that's what I'm kind of thinking. Like the Bucks could be in play for a quarterback in, the, in this coming up draft in 2023. I would not be surprised. I think the Seahawks are. I don't think the Seahawks for sure. For I don't sure. think Geno or Drew Locke's the answer. No, no, big. T- they're definitely they're tanking for Shroud or they're tanking for Young. Like they're that's that's clear. There's no way they're even being semi serious. Yeah. Facts. Um. Which um, I mean is great on some term for for some people, but right, the Panthers could be in play for a quarterback in the draft. Panthers. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think Baker's the answer. I've never liked Baker. You know this. That is true. You have constantly said Baker is uck, pretty much. Um, yeah, and he's constantly underperformed. Um. I don't know about constantly underperformed. He took a team that is known for being horrible to the playoffs. So let me put a yeah, little. He lost that game. It's <laughs> not on him. That's on the play calling, right? Nah, he could change that at the line. It's fine. Okay, but then he would have been yelled at for 
you know, changing the coaches play this and that. There's hey, no it would have it would garnered him a little respect. You know, it might have honestly, uh, but I don't think he wanted to deal with the backlash and what the team was going to do to him. If let let's say he just happened to not convert, you know what I mean? On that situation. Well, now everyone and their mom's going to blame him and him alone, even though they have no right to, in my opinion, to blame him. So, Okay, right. so kind of like that Aaron Rodgers not running it from the five-yard line? <laughs> Same yes. situation? Same situation. Okay. 110%. I think that was beautifully said, Austin. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All right, was, let's go let's go into this draft recap. So for our own draft, right? Yep. Okay, so do we want to talk about the big noticeable things or do we want to actually like go pick by pick um and kind of talk? We can go about... we can go pick by pick for the maybe for the first round and then just kind of go like surprises maybe as a second or third kind of thing. Something like All that. Right. So 2021 season 2022 let me click on that so uh do you want me to just read off the first round first and then we'll yeah go, go from for there because i really hate my father's pick 101 Brees hall 102 drake london 103 kenneth walker 104 garrett wilson 105 damian pierce 106 trade a trade up to get Traylon burks 107 james cook 108 kenny pickett one uh sorry 108 traded up to get Kenny Pickett 109 Chris Olay 110 Trey McBride so can we all just say no matter what the trades were there's no worse pick than the 110 being a fucking tight end Trey McBride Trey yeah that, that was great tight end prospect, prospect, but he could have he could have waited till his last pick at the 210 and 100% probably got Trey McBride he probably could have him in the third round yeah yeah Honestly, that was the most hideous pick I have ever been a part of. And I would have had like George Pickens, Sky Moore, Rashad White at that point. And those picks. Yeah, your dad could have definitely benefited from like Sky Moore. Knowing he needs quarterback, I would have rather taken Malik Willis at the one time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty any, much any, any of the second round picks over him. Right. Honestly. Anything but whatever the fuck he decided to choose because that was disgusting in all aspects of it. And I have never in my life wanted to sock and bop him my own father before, but <laughs> that made me want to play sock and bop him with my father's nose. Okay. <laughs> all right. Real quick though. I want to ask um, Travis. He said he would have taken Damien Pierce at the one one explain because oh, a lot of people yes. are, are against that and are, Surefire, Kenneth Walker, Drake London, Bruce Hall at the 101 kind of thing. Um, I really like Damian Pierce just because I think he's got the clearest path to uncontested touches out of everyone in this rookie class, and he's ex- he's great. He's built big enough and sturdy enough to, to manage the workhorse load, and he's fast. He can catch out of the backfield. He blocks well. Like I, I've been like thoroughly paying attention to him in camp, and he looks good. All right, do you want me like, to? He, he reminds me of, of like Brandon Jacobs almost. You ready for me to destroy your hopes and dreams real quick? No. Where do you think he tested athletically? Where do you think his percentage for college dominator was his breakout age his um college target share and his yards per carry where do you think his metrics actually line up why do you think he was taking four years to come out of the or yeah out of college to the nfl not a three-year you know where he's eligible he had an extra year there to try to prove he could do something he can't five six is his 40 speed bottom percentile his speed score 69th percentile for his agility horrid burst score 48th percentile um actually his agility is 
fourth percentile. Okay, so hold on, hold on. We can counter that with when Florida fired their their head coach in the last three or four games of the season is when he actually went off. He was getting double digit carries. Mm-hmm. You talking? And he about, went off. You're talking about one. You're, you're thinking the one head coach in four years made him not do well. Well, Florida's kind of been not the same since Urban in general. Yeah, and as you pointed out, you can't – I mean, the head coach is going to do what the head coach does. So why why wouldn't the head coach have a major factor in the running back's play? Yeah, he's there to coach. Okay, so let's see. We can't blame Baker Mayfield for the head coach's playing call, so why do we blame Damian Pierce? Well, it looks like on average he rushed for 209 yards a game. It just wasn't um, it, it just wasn't Damian Pierce. He was second on his own team to Emory Jones by 200 yards. Granted, Damian Pierce got more touchdowns because he was the goal line, but then right under him, 92 carries, 487, 5.3 yards per carry. So he... Couldn't beat out two other people. He's middling at best. His college um, okay, so sounds nominator like is forty first. Sounds like Florida was running committee the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're telling me he wasn't good enough to beat a committee, and yet because their head coach the NFL... is holding him back. Yeah, head coaches run their what they want to run in there. Players don't have as much say. Uh, I mean, it's changing a little bit with the NIL, but players don't have as much say with influence on their coaches in college as the pros. Players you, can't okay, just throw okay. So he had two different head coaches. Players. So which head coach are you talking about? Dan Mullen or Greg Knox? Because one was 21, 2021, one was 2018. I mean... Are we talking just one got fired Dan Mullen? So, so we're talking just Dan Mullen then? Yeah, we can, we can talk about Dan Mullen. Okay. Well, Dan Mullen doesn't affect his um, 41st percentile college dominator, his 65th percentile yards guess per what? carry. That was 2018. Tw- 20... well, you know what he's doing right now on an NFL uniform? He's kicking ass. So, yeah, yeah. drop that for your stats, motherfucker. <laughs> Every metric. He's kicking ass and taking names. Better just go over. You didn't get him, okay? Jesus Christ. No, no, no. Every metric says he should not be good, and this is a flash in the pan. So I'm just saying, buyer beware. If you have an opportunity, because Travis said take him 101. I'm saying I beware for someone who has elite attributes like a Brees Hall compared to someone who does not have elite attributes. Now, granted, fantasy is all about opportunity. Do I think Damian Pierce is a first-round pick in a dynasty? Yeah. Yeah, because of opportunity. But I'm saying don't get your hopes up and think, oh, if I have the 101, I should definitely skip someone who has the intangibles. Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Brees Hall, all have the intangibles and the athletic profile to back it up. I do like Drake London. I might have taken Drake London 101, actually. Right. So that's what I'm saying is don't get too bullish on opportunity when he's proven, if given opportunity, he doesn't flourish. I wish him the best. And you know what? At the 105, that could be a hell of a steal. You know what's even bigger steal? Trey McBride at the 110. That guy's the next Gronk. <laughs> Fucking Christ! I couldn't. I mean, even he say does. I mean, I mean, he he is going to walk into a good opportunity. He's a hell of a prospect, and the guy in front of him is Zach Ertz. Going on, yeah, going on thirty-three year old banged up Zach Ertz, who's still a good tight end, but it's not going to. He's only got to wait two seasons before he's really going to get the opportunity to be the guy. But I don't know. That's. Okay. Tight ends are just so hit or miss in fantasy that it's just there's just no there's just no point in taking a tight end no matter what in the first round outside of maybe I could, you could justify taking Pitts last year. Yeah, see, like I'm okay with what Nick did with his draft, which was draft three tight ends in the fourth round. So we're talking about we've already had thirty plus prospects come off the board. So he said, I don't know which one of these tight ends is going to be amazing. So I'm going to take Albert Obungawale for Denver. David Najoku for Cleveland, and then Jelani Woods, the rookie for Indiana. So he's like, I'm going to just find a way 
maybe one of these hits. Like, th- but that's a fourth round pick. Trey McBride right. necessarily was crazy to me, but some other crazy things happened in this draft. The very first trade we saw was the 106. Um, I can't believe you traded DK Metcalf for that, honestly. And I traded DK Metcalf straight up for the 106 um, because I jumped up and grabbed him. Granted, DK was not going to touch my playing field this year just because that quarterback, I wasn't going to deal with the boom bust. Like, I just, I couldn't. I have CeeDee Lamb. I have Stefan Diggs. I have Tyreek Hill. Um, so I was willing to pay up a future of DK Metcalf. You know, if they get Bryce Young, DK Metcalf, and him make a connection, guess what? That's a, a top five receiver for a couple of years in a row. But, and I was willing to give that up because I'm in full win now mode. Traylon Burks to me has the best opportunity for wide receiver this year because he got, in my opinion, Ryan Tannehill is better than Marcus Mariota. In my opinion, Titans offense is better than Falcons offense. They'll score more touchdowns. Yeah, that's my, true. So I, I'm not saying Traylon Burks is for sure better than Drake London. They're Nobody both very athletic. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I would I, say I agree with the opportunity. But Burks has that I, opportunity, so hence I why I traded DK straight up. Um, sure. Which that's that's that was the first big trade, which was um, a lot to pay for just Traylon Burks, considering I could have had like James Cook, Kenny Pickett, Chris Olay, um, Jameson Williams. Um, Zamir White, I mean, a lot of players that were still on the board by 106, obviously. Now, 107, James Cook, my father needed a running back. 108, a trade. Austin, do you want to break it down since uh, you got offered this and you accepted this trade? Yeah, it was the 108 for Carson Wentz, Chase Claypool in the first round next year, which is going to be a top five most likely. I mean, it was, I was very hesitant on because I liked the players who I could get at the 108. Ultimately, what sold me was the first-round pick next year. And then I'd have to worry about a third quarterback for my two bye weeks I'd have to worry about. That's right, because now you have that ability to just um, kind of sit tight on your quarterbacks, which is what I was telling you, because I was thinking you might be trying to go quarterback. So, yep, you ended up getting uh, Chase Claypool, which is still a decent receiver, no matter if it's Kenny Pickett or um, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, you, You ended up getting a quarterback that and a future first round, like we said, probably top five. Um, so to give that pick up, I hell of a haul for you. What What are your thoughts on that, Travis? I think you got away with highway robbery. Also. I just like baffled. Just like I, I literally was speechless when that trade went through. I was like, he really just gave all that up for a guy who's played zero significant snaps in the NFL. Like <laughs> that's that, like, that fanboy. That's that, um, I mean, yeah, I will die, with the, die for your team. I get it. I feel that. But, like, man. Yeah, Shane, I, I'm talking shit. Love you, buddy. But, um, <laughs> but, um, God, I just don't know. I mean, I like picking. I think he's going to be good. But I just don't know if that was the right move. But it was for Austin, for sure. That was the right move. But fucking... That one caught me by surprise. Really? Another good, uh, yeah. I think the third biggest trade robbery of the day was you, Brennan got your dad, Mike Davis, in the three hundred five for the two hundred four. Yeah, I don't know. I was actually going to bring that here. up here in just a minute because uh, I was going to finish out the first. My father needs a receiver. He goes Chris Olay. No problems there. My father needs a tight end. He takes Trey McBride. Dumbest move in the draft. Um, then rounded off the second corner. Um, Olivia taking Jamison Williams. Um, so honestly, about where I thought Jamison Williams would go, I think that's a great selection. Now I was trying to get um, James or not James, uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, with these picks, and that's why it took me all the way till the timer ran out uh, for me and Stewart to to sit there and go back and forth. And he was willing to add more, and I'm like, ah, you took too long. So I ended up. Using my two picks, I grabbed Rashad White and George Pickens. Uh, yeah, he was actually talking to me with Bob Johnson Taylor at the 108, but ultimately I, I took, you know, uh, Carson Wentz. He's faithful in the first for him. You know what makes your dad's 110 selection of Trey McBride more infuriating? And it's going to make you more infuriated when I tell you this. Is that 
right before that pick, I offered him Hunter Henry for the 208. Like, like straight up, just like Hunter straight up for the 208. Yep. Was that like during the draft, during the 110 pick, or was that before the 110 pick? And he still said no, and he took Trey McBride. Yes. So he could have got, like, yeah, it's still the 208 technically drafting a tight end, but it's better for someone that's finished as a top 10 tight end before in the league and it currently is the starter on his team and only wasting the 208 rather than wasting a first-round pick on a guy who, you know. Then he could have had his tight end settled, just be out the 208, and then he could have actually drafted something cool at the one time. Yeah, he could have <laughs> taken Jameson Williams. He could have taken George Pickens. He could have taken Sky Moore, Isaiah Spiller. Um, right. Hell, even Rashad White I would have taken more respect for than Trey McBride at that pick. So, um now, I took a little convincing because I wasn't sure if I was going to take George Pickens at this. So Austin did consult with me and kind of convinced me, hey, he's the right pick. So, and you know, now that he's on my team, I kind of feel. I think he is too. Yeah, I kind of kind of feel that. So I, I thank you, Austin, for that. So I ended up Rashad White. Yeah, George you're welcome. Pickens. You're and, welcome. Um, then right here at the 204, we had Skymore for Brennan. And then my father's like, oh, hey, I need another running back. Let me grab Isaiah Spiller. Not a bad pick for middle of the second round. No. Uh, and then Brennan trades up. And what was that trade again, Travis? Do you remember? Mike Davis in the 305 for the 204, I'm pretty sure. Was it the two, yep. yeah. 206? Well, he had the 206 already, but he got, oh, okay, okay, okay. He, got the, he got the 204. Did he take Sky Moore at the 204 then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He took Tyler Gier at the 206. Tyler that wasn't a, for only having those two picks. Brennan didn't have a bad draft. That wasn't no, bad. no. And you know what? Brennan was trying to trade the two hundred six to me, and he said, "I need a running, a decent running back." He wanted Gibson for the two hundred six straight up. And I was like, "No matter who I take at the two hundred six, it's not going to be good as Gibson um, right. or any of my running backs. Like none of my running backs are that little, if you know what I mean." So right. Um. I mean, I guess I would have given up Melvin Gordon for the 206. You know, I, I probably could have done that, but we know Brennan would never have taken that. I told him, I was like, you really were desperate. You should have just waited till the third round when Christian Watson was still there and then taken the 305 for Melvin Gordon. <laughs> yeah. That's, that that would have been the time when you actually considered trading Melvin for a third-round pick so if you could grab Christian Watson with that kind of value with that pick. So... Yeah, I told right. Brennan to do that too. I told Brennan. I mean, but I mean, at the same time, three hundred five turned into the two hundred four, which turned into Sky Moore. So I can't blame him. Right. That that was all pretty good, and I think it it worked out well for him. Um. So two hundred six Tyler Algier, um. Two hundred seven and two hundred eight, both QBs, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, both coming off the board. Um, surprised that you know. Corral and Sam Howell were actually chosen in this draft. I um, I'm thinking. I understand Howell, but I don't understand how Coral got picked. Right, like there's no chance that he's gonna have any opportunity yet. For some reason, he got picked up. I'm not. I'm not too he's, sure why. He's fourth string. <laughs> Your dad did make two questionable draft picks, McRide and Coral. But other than that, he had a solid draft. Oh, you're going to call those the only two questionables? Not in the entire draft, but the ones that your dad made. What about Kyron Williams yeah. in the second? Okay. Yeah. Cam Akers is there. There's no way this guy sees any. And Daryl Henderson still. There's no way he sees any time. So let's just list a couple people who came after Kyron Williams. Jahan Dotson. Alec Pierce, Damian Ritter, um, Zamir White, Brian Robinson, Sam Howell, Wandell Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, Hassan Haskins, Marcus Mariota, Christian Watson, Tyron Pierce, or David Pierce, Cordell Patterson. Almost every <laughs> single one of those that I listed, I would take before I take Howell. Or Matt Corral, sorry. Or Kyron Williams. Same. And he had those back-to-back -back picks. So my question is, why? 
true. I like I like his. I mean, he did, he is the one that drafted Dotson. I liked his Johan Dotson pick. I like his James Cook, Kenneth Walker picks. I like. I don't. Who who did he draft at the at the one hundred and nine? Or he, I like his Chris Olave pick. Yeah, Chris Olave. I don't. I don't. But yeah, but McBride, Coral, and Kyron Williams are definitely big question marks. I don't dislike the the Sam Howell pick per se, but he definitely could have waited to the three hundred five and used that pick for Howell though. Right, and that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like. You could have definitely chosen so many other people um, he, rather than Kyron Williams, but that's okay. My who would you have taken instead? Instead of Kyron Williams? Pacheco and Robinson, yeah. Brian Robinson were both still there. I would have taken one yeah. of them. Zamir sure. White was still there. Yeah. I would have taken also Zamir. Too. I would have taken Brian Robinson. I would have taken uh, Pacheco. If I was your dad with those picks, the 110 would have been George Pickens. And then – Still trade the two hundred four, and then he has the two hundred five, which is what did he draft at the two hundred five? Isaiah Kyra- Spiller. Uh, Isaiah Spiller. Okay, not horrible. And then the two hundred eight you said was <clears throat> Matt Corral. That would have been Desmond Ritter for me. Yep. And which then a couple picks later. And then two hundred nine. He also had, if he really wanted another quarter, that right there is where I would have went. Trey McBride, just because I know two ten, I could have still got Samir White if I'm your dad. And then, if you want another quarterback, get Sam Howell at the three hundred five. That's what I would have thought was your dad. Right. So I can uh, feel that. I can feel that. My my father's draft. I I remember. I've seen him take a second bottom team to a playoff team the next year just by his drafting. So I don't know if he was distracted, if he didn't have enough time, if he's more worried that he's moving next year, uh, and just couldn't focus as well because his first couple picks are off strong. Kenneth Walker, awesome. You you think that's going to go great. James Cook, okay, he's really solidifying his running backs. Since before this, his running backs were J.D. McKissick, Michael Carter, um, and that's it. Right. So, like, but, but you see him now grab – really good draft capital over the next three drafts years. Though, as well. So yeah, for real. Really, he's got, like, six he, draft picks next year. He could take two running backs each in the first round each of the next – Three years, and he just and his running backs all of a sudden two and a half seasons from now are loaded. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, he has like five draft, five first rounds next year. So, and and I loved his Chris Olay pick. So, do you mm-hmm. think since he knew he he's not going to compete this year, and he knows he's, he's going to be able to get enough running throws. backs and wide receivers next year that he said, "Fuck it, I'll take Trey McBride before mm-hmm. I even have the opportunity to lose him." Probably, but I just don't. I think your dad should have learned from last year's mistake when he took Troutman. Yeah, yeah, Adam Troutman for the Saints. I remember that. But it's hard. If you can nail a top tight end, guess what? You're good. You're done. If right. you have Waller, Kittle, Hawk, uh, Schultz, Kelsey. Yeah, you don't got to worry, you don't gotta worry I, about nothing I think, else. I think, I mean, he's still in rebuild, so it's my, I mean, him getting the only tight end that was worth drafting in this draft at least, a smart because I mean I don't see another rookie in this draft that would have went and another one besides another one didn't. All the other tight ends I'd consider, I would have just picked up in free agency that are already on a team. Right. Hence why Nick waited till the fourth round and just grabbed three tight ends and said, "Whatever one of you does decent, you're on my team." So. <laughs> Not a um, bad play. Now the third round went kind of how I would expect, honestly. Alec Pierce, three hundred one. Desmond Ritter, 302, Zamir White, Brian Robinson, Sam Howell, Wandell Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, Hassan Haskins. I thought that was a little high for most people's drafts, but I know exactly why Travis did it. Then Marcus Mariota and Christian Watson. So, um, Travis, you dominated this round. I mean, you had uh, three, five, four, the, I'd, five I'd half picks. The third round. <laughs> you had half the third round. So, break it down for us. Tell us what you we're thinking and why you were thinking this. Well, I was surprised to get those first three players there in the third round. I was really thinking that that's why I was desperately trying to trade into the middle or the back end of the second round because I thought I was going to have to trade up into one of those spots just to get one of those three guys out of Ritter, Zamir White, and Alec Pierce. So, okay. I, so when I didn't, so when none of my, all my trades fell through and then 
pick 301 comes and all those guys are still sitting there, I about cried tears of joy. I really like Alec Pierce. I think he's turning into this definite number two in the Colts offense behind uh, Michael Pittman. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. Uh, Matt Ryan's definitely upgraded over Wentz in that sense of being able to pass the ball around. And then Zamir White, I think he's going to, after this season, be the, the lead back there in Las Vegas. And he's great. And then Ritter, he's my fourth QB, but I like I wanted a fourth project QB to sit in my taxi squad. And a guy that I consider one of the top three QBs being like the fifth QB taken. I was happy with that. Okay. And and, and yes, I agree 110%. Um, and then so Hassan Haskins at the 308, he's built the exact same way as Derrick Henry. He's not quite as big as Derrick, but he's almost 6'2", and he's like 220 pounds. He's a tank. Same offensive system. He's going to be the heir to King Henry is what everyone says. Is, is what the Titans organization has called him. He might not. He's still technically third on the depth chart right now, but he doesn't need to be. I didn't draft him with the intentions of using him at all over the next season or two. <laughs> right. So uh, before I move on to the fourth round, I'm going to give you my bold prediction. Alec, Pierre pass, Alec Pierce passes up Michael Pittman Jr. to be top of that receiving chart in the Colts before the end of the year. That's my one hot take. Um, okay, we'll wait. I, I, I actually, week. I actually like that because I have him. So if he does that, then I'm awesome with that pick. <laughs> it, it, it would help you. I think by week twelve, everyone's going to realize Michael Pittman. The situation hasn't changed at all. He had no competition for targets last year. He had still the same division of football. You know, the Jaguars. He was. He had Carson Wentz. He had Carson Wentz. Now. How many yards do you think Carson Wentz threw for last year? I want to say like 3,700 is where he was at. 12? How disrespectful. How disrespectful. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd have to 3,500 yards. Okay, All right? Cool. 3,500. He had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So by no that's means. A ratio. Yeah. Was he horrible? All right? By no means. Right? Because 3,600 that... 3, yards and. He was, he was there to be a game manager and only force feed targets to Michael Pittman when the offensive game plan wasn't just hand off to Taylor. Exactly. And you know what? What changed besides possibly getting a little bit more accurate QB with not as strong as an arm? Let's let's put that out there. Um, he gained competition for targets. He gained competition for targets. That's right. So let's let's break this down. He had 129 targets and caught 88 of them that's a 68 percent catch rate i just want to throw that out there only 68 percent of the time did he catch the ball for a big receiver who's supposed to be this end zone his yards but how many of those were catchable that's an adt that i don't have at at my fingertips but i can tell you 130 that's a fuck ton he's not going to get more than that so again maybe there was no competition for targets he ended up only with 1,082 yards and only six touchdowns. So how is he now this end zone guy? How is he now this? Remember, I'm a Colts fan. How is he this alpha one receiver? Well, they probably might plan on not using Taylor as much just because he because don't get me wrong, like Taylor's got he's been used a lot in the NFL, but he doesn't have the miles on him in the NFL yet. But he was he played a long time at Wisconsin and had the miles put on him there, and. So they want to cherish him while they can and preserve him. Taylor did take a lot of those red zone opportunities away. He had twenty touchdowns. Okay. Okay. So if they so if they back off him in the red zone a little bit, that might open up the opportunity to there. But at the same time, there's still other mouths to feed. Right. And also at the same time, like if I mean if handing the ball off to Taylor in the red zone works, don't don't break something that works. Okay, so we have had two years of Michael Pittman. His first year, he had Philip Rivers, known as a gunslinger. Philip Rivers threw for 4,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. His only competition uh, for you know, receiving was Zach Paschal, which he had in 2021, and T.Y. Hilton. He only had 503 yards and one touchdown. And he had 100 yes receiving yards in Keenan Allen. <laughs> last year on 20 less catches then Keenan Allen. Allen had a had a lesser catch rate he, 
how much of those were catchable. And you're saying Keenan Allen as in can, uh, San Diego, not San Diego. What other Keenan Allen is there? I'm bringing him up right now. Okay, so, what other Keenan Allen is there that we talk about fantasy relevant wise? Man, I'm surprised. All right, Keenan Allen had a because he normally he had a 67.5 catch rate. That's so, way that, below his career average. He's normally glue hands. Michael Pittman, 68.2. Yeah. The other notables above Keenan Allen, Tyreek Kill, 71.7. Tyler Boyd, 71.9. Devontae Adams, 73.3. Jalen Wall, 74.3. Cooper Cup, 76.4. Chris Godwin, 77.2. And all of those. Hunter Renfro, 79.9. Renfro, Renfro's got some hands. Rondo Moore, the highest was 80. Rondo Moore, the highest, 84.3. But all of those guys have competition that are actually good. And Michael disagree. Pittman hasn't had competition that's good because they had an old washed up team. He had Philip Rivers who was scared to do anything. Philip Rivers threw the ball a ton, forty one hundred yards at his old age. And again, I he's mean, also he, the if, one that caused the Colts a freaking playoff spot. With seventy receptions, flirt with a thousand yards, and flirt with five touchdowns this year. I'll take it. I think <laughs> Pittman, even as a Colts fan, is definitely being overrated. Hardcore. I think I think without I think without question he is for sure a, t- a like a top twenty four receiver in the league, but I think a lot of people are talking about him like in a top ten to top he, seven. Yeah, like. people think he's going to be a top ten, top seven constantly, and I'm like, no, he hasn't proven it. We've seen other people come out and do it in year one, year two. Now you're telling me year three when he hasn't had competition in year one or two. He's improving every year. Yeah, That's not hard when you get more and more targets every year because there's literally no one else to throw to. Now there's actually another person to throw to. He's going to lose targets. Maybe. Matty Ice is going to realize, hey, this dude cannot break off, cannot make these contested catches like they say he can. He cannot do this route running as well. He's going to lose. He'll still have 100 targets. He'll still have, you know, 60 catches, he'll still have 1,000 yards and four touchdowns. Sure. But that's not top 10. No one's calling him top 10. Are you Who has him rated top 10? Who no, has him rated top 10? A lot of people are saying that he is 100% like the big breakout going to be the top okay, 10. Okay, point year. it out right now. Who has him top 10? PFF, Fantasy Pros, everyone's like been Fantasy him, Pros like, has him 15. In Dynasty or in Redraft? In Dynasty. Okay, I can redraft. I could okay with Dynasty, I guess, being at fifteen. Yeah, I can can understand maybe that, maybe, but that's the high end. That's his peak, I think. For same here. Okay, I think he's perfectly rated. I think he's going to do just fine. He's going to finish top. He's going to finish wide receiver two. (laughs) Okay, which I'm okay with. People are saying he's a number one. See, okay, wide receivers thirteenth overall. Consensus for fantasy. Okay, players. that's still wide receiver two. What's your point? That's the, the, the number one wide, wide receiver, receiver two. Toe, okay, wide still receiver wide receiver one. two. Still wide receiver two. What's your I, point? I think he's low end wide receiver two. I think to, he's low to end. I think he's like eighteen to twenty two range is like perfectly where he's gonna fall. Y'all and Craig, we're just going off the fantasy pros. And the fantasy pros has him at fifteen. There's just so many talented receivers in this league. ECR is wide receiver 12. And for Dynasty, it's 14. What are you talking about? Yeah, 14. 15, whatever, same thing. ECR for PPR for wide receivers, consensus ranking, number 10. Oh. That's 10. That's wide receiver 1, Austin. That's ECR. Okay, I'd still take DK Metcalf. I'd take Michael Pittman over DK. Bam, there we go. Well, that's you're also saying the quarterback. So what's, yeah, what's, so what's the difference between the quarterbacks? Wouldn't you Why is DK rated higher? Athletes? Because he's the bigger, better athlete. So, but he has a shit situation. So does Michael Pittman. Not really. He has a better situation. Yeah, I would say Pittman's situation is a lot better than DK's. <laughs> I don't know. You're... Seattle's going to be behind, so they have to throw, which bodes well. They don't uh, have yeah. a Jonathan Taylor in the back. Doesn't bode well when you have Geno Smith. Or yeah. Drew Locke, excuse you. Okay, exactly. My point. My, my white... point is proven. I mean, the situation Locke is worse. 
Drew Locke has a cannon. If he could work with somebody that can get his a cannon, but he likes to throw it to the other team. Yeah. Again, so I mean, they'll that, be could, down, that might so actually they work in pass. their favor because if yeah. you can just throw jump balls to DK, that's actually gives them a better shot at catching if it's actually a bomb. Exactly. I don't know. Just, just do the staff. DK play. likes DK like to drop open passes from Russell Wilson, so that he did. True. All right, let me knock these fourth rounders out: Tyron Pierce, um, or Tyron Davis Pierce, Cordell Patterson, Al- Albert David Njoku. Uh, Kentanya Ingram, Jelani Woods, John Mechie, you know, bra- bravo for drafting him and just putting out your taxi. Love that pick. Isaiah Pachinko, David Bell, and Jalen Tolbert. Those that, are good. Those, those, what, those last four or five picks in the fourth round are actually like really good value. Right. Now, uh, I just got offered this since we're in the Dynasty League. I do want to ask both of your questions before we end this up. Would you take Elijah Moore for George Pickens in a second? Or would you rather have George Pickens in a second and not have Elijah I'd, Moore? I'd rather have George Pickens in a second just because of Garrett Wilson there and the fact that Zach Wilson's hurt currently. And Corey Davis. You know, I and Braxton Berrios. I agree with that um, quite a bit, actually. Would you rather have DK Metcalf or DJ Moore? Hmm. Let, let's DK. Say... Hmm. I mean, That's hard. DJ That's has hard. the better quarterback. Debatable. <laughs> Drew Locke to Baker Mayfield. I know you like to disrespect Baker, but let's not lie. At some Why, point, what, Baker what? is better. Yeah, at some point, but not really ever. Okay, so you would you would rather have? Would you do DK? Would you rather have DK Metcalf or Pickens in a second? Mm, DK. Same, DK. Okay, there we go. That's what I'll counter with. Um, so any final comments uh, on, on our draft or about anything we talked about? Nope. You're going down. Good luck. I beat you in the championship last time. So go ahead and thank you for tuning in to the Sports Lounge, where, as always, you got to kick your feet up, drink a beer, and have a good time. Uh... Like, subscribe, share, comment, let everyone know about us, and go ahead and send us out, Travis. Good night, everybody. Love you, and don't forget to subscribe, listen, give us a follow, tell your grandma about us. <laughs> Ben's always wrong. Michael Pittman better. <laughs>